This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. I, I am Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and me and the awesome Java Chapman, the Mississippi Public Broadcasting, are broadcasting live from the Chimneyville Crafts Festival here in Ridgeland, Mississippi, the Mississippi Craftsman's Guild. And if anybody wants to come on out, we're going to be talking about gardening. It is fantastic. If you want to see some pictures of it, uh, go to MP, go to uh, my my blog. No, Mississippi Gardening Facebook. I put a whole bunch of pictures of garden-related stuff that uh, I took at the at the uh, preview party last night. But we're in a tent outside the Chimneyville uh, of the the Craftsman's Guild Bill Watercraft Center. It's on Potter. I can look. I can see the reservoir from here, and uh, so and they, they're going to be here uh, Friday and Saturday from. 10 till, I think, 4 o'clock. Unbelievable stuff. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I want to remind you, it's a live program. Me and Java Chapman. Woo, Java, how you doing, man? I'm freezing, man. Freezing. <laughs> well, you need to be over here. But we have an audience here. Hey, how are y'all this morning? All bunch bunch of weirdos coming out on a cold Friday morning to, to watch somebody talk about flowers and stuff. Anyway, give us a call. Uh, Jay White is uh, running the, the board back in the studio. Me and Java and the other folks at MPB here at, uh, at the uh, uh, Craftsman's Guild, the Chimney Bill. I hope you all make it down uh, for the next hour or so. We're going to be broadcasting live, but all weekend, or Friday and Saturday, it's an uh, opportunity to see some of the most incredible handcraft. And we're not talking about a flea market here. We're not talking about, you know, just a, a, a little pop-up thing. This is the top of the top, the cream of the craftsmen of the area. And it got some incredible stuff. But anyway, if you want to give us a call, we're mostly talking about gardening. We're not just going to yak about whatever I've got on my mind. Although I can talk for an hour about a sweet potato. Uh, matter of fact, this past weekend, um, I write for the Mississippi Press Association, the, the, the daily papers and the weekly papers around the state. And my latest column is about how we can take football fields and baseball stadiums and turn them into community gardens in all season. You know, have sweet potato tosses and giant watermelon uh, contests and see who can, you know, who can, can grow the, the, the earliest tomato and stuff like that. Um, but that's just in theory. In reality, you can be gardening this time of year. I know it's December. I know it's going to be cold. I know it's been cold. But there's some incredible plants that like it. You know, a lot of times we think azaleas and crepe myrtles are, woo, that's what we have. But the truth is, in the wintertime, you can have a beautiful garden. If you don't believe me, I wish you could see my pickup truck. Now, let me, a lot of people have heard about my pickup truck with the stuff in the garden. But let me ask the audience here, do I have stuff going to the back of my truck? Yeah. yeah. I've got colors and textures and shapes and sizes. I've got rosemary and oregano and kale. I could eat roadkill if I have to. And it's pretty. And all I did was I just took some plants that will grow in a pot, you know, one plant that will grow in one pot, another plant grow in another pot. I just stuck them all together in one big pot and shoved it up against the back of my pickup truck where there's not much wind. And uh, the wind has sort of, of uh, pruned my, my uh, rosemary. And uh, when I go down the road, it makes me and the whole place smell better. But I literally have, a, a, I would say, a pretty good rosemary and a nice oregano. My kale is coming. I put the kale there because um, uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a, a freeze. And so I pulled out my basil, which I had in the summertime. I pulled the basil out. 
and I stuck a kale in the hole. I pulled out some ornamental peppers. I stuck some pansies in the hole. That's called gardening. And all it is is just a pot with some shrubs, some herbs, some perennial things, and uh, just a handful of annuals that I plant in the summer, in the spring for summer and fall, and in the fall for winter and spring. And by the way, Java, I don't know if uh, if it was uh, Jay White or, or me, but we were talking about the difference between fall and autumn. Have you and I talked about that? I think we have. Once before. Okay, well, I know I have on the pro. I just don't have you, but I call it autumn from the, the Latin autumnus. But people call it fall because it's easier to come up with rhymes. If you're a poet, that matters. <laughs> yeah, but, autumn uh, has too many syllables. Anyway, on my front porch uh, here in Jackson, I've got a, uh, a collection of, of plants that are cold hardy. I've got uh, frilly things and round things and spiky things. There's some, some of the kind of blue and some of the burgundy, different kinds of greens. And everything in this bouquet I've got in my hand, which I guess we could probably post for our, for our, our podcast, everything in here is not only pretty, but when you're tired of looking at it, you can eat it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's, that's what it's all about. But a lot of people say, oh, I can't garden anymore. I'm thinking, shut up. You can garden all sorts of stuff. So anyway, and Java, I forgot who the first caller is. It is a lovely lady named Pig from Louisiana. Pig from Louisiana. Hey, Pig, where are you from? What part of Louisiana? Hey, this, this is Pig in Mandeville. Um, Mandeville. I, I keep calling you. I keep calling you because I keep having questions. Okay, you're live. That's what's going on? What's up? Okay, I've got hey. spiral gingers that I love, and the, the squirrels seem to like to eat flowers off will that bloom i mean i'm not talking about now it's it's tropical will they bloom again on the end of that stalk or is that it okay first of all it's it's even though you're in mandeville and you're close to the gulf coast it's over for ginger ginger is mostly you know in in the tropics it can bloom year round so it's possible it can keep on blooming but i don't know if the if the existing flower stalk is going to rebloom or not? I just don't know. But it's it's time to let it let it go for the winter anyway. Uh, and what kind of ginger have you got? Well, that's that's the spiral. But I have the butterfly ginger and shell ginger. I mean, I have other. But this one particularly, the squirrels love to eat the beautiful red end of it. And I just didn't know if it would bloom again on the end of that next spring or next summer, or is it just I should forget about that stalk going to make an educated guess here and say nope okay because you, you, usually they just bloom once you know under normal conditions they just bloom once usually when the days start getting short in the fall but anyway it's, it's time to put something else out there to enjoy for the next few months and by the way squirrels taste really good with ginger <laughs> yeah. you know i'm thinking I, I, about know, that Felder. i really am <laughs> okay i'm just saying you know, hope you're not a vegan but there there it is. If you, if you can't eat them, eat them. <laughs> we got, we got another call. Job. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. What's up, man? I don't. That squirrel comment really threw me for a loop. So I don't know what's going on after that. <laughs> well, le, le, don't don't let me. I don't even want to be. I was at the Craftsman's Guild at their uh, their preview party last night, and a friend of mine, Kay, was the bartender, and Kay made me a special little drink that was made with. Uh, with cranberries, and it had a little, a little shot of some, 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 some juice, some, some ju- alcohol in it. There we go. But it also has some mint on it. And come to find out, he got the mint from a neighbor. And I'm thinking, you have no idea what I do on that mint at night in my neighbor's yard. <laughs> 
I mean, do you think I'm going to do it on my mint? Heck no. Anyway, I hope they, hope they washed it. There. So, anyway, sorry, Java. Now I think it's time for our first break of the, of the morning. Time for a break. Is it time for a break? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about time for our first break because we're going to get some, we're gonna get some uh, questions from, uh, from the audience during the break. There you go. There you go. And by the way, I also have, I know you craftsmen people and are real artists in the top of your craft. I get that. Uh, but I've got my grandmother's concrete chicken here. Randy's chicken has been with me all over the country. She was a gift to my grandfather. From my grandfather as a as a uh, anniversary present, is all he could afford. And I know only one was made, but the original artist did a really really good job. I've had uh, P. Allen Smith, who is the, uh, the he started the uh, Heritage Poultry Association, and he declared that it was a fine bird, even though it's made out of concrete, it's mass produced. The original artist did a fantastic job of uh, making what is, to me, it's as pretty in my garden as any of Louis the Fourteenth's eight foot naked goddess statues in his yard. So anyway. I'm at the Craftsman's Guild Center, the Mississippi Craftsman's Guild. They have their, their annual Chimneyville. Chimneyville. Uh, I've been coming to this thing for 40 years. I think this is the 40th, 46th one that, they, that they've had. And I've been coming since 1980, give you an idea how long I've been coming. And my yard and my garden has got all sorts of stuff that I've picked up here. Fun little things. Matter of fact, someplace I have a, here we go, a tiny little vase the smallest little glass vase I've ever seen. And I actually put little wildflowers from my yard in it and I carried around in my truck. So, uh, you know, old guys like to accessorize too. Uh, also, in the back of my truck, I've got a, a pair of bottle trees that were made by a member of the guild named Stephanie Dwyer. And uh, got a little miniature bottle tree. I can't remember uh, the, the name of the guy. But anyway, having fun, having fun. Now, uh, before we go to the caller, I want to point out that there's a fellow standing out in the middle named Bill Ellison. Y'all ever listen to to his uh, bluegrass show? Bill, Bill, uh, it, come on over here. While, while he's coming up here, we have a caller about a uh, about a staghorn fern. And what's your, what's your question? Okay, I've had this staghorn for ten years, and it's on a board, so to speak. And during the non-freezing weather i leave it propped up under a tree in the shade mm -hmm. it's getting so big i'm having trouble with it what can how how would i move it off that board i mean i know not to put uh, it in the ground but yeah. what do i do with it well staggering for they you know they grow like 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 uh spanish moss they just grow in trees but they'll freeze here and so there's not much you can do you can actually divide it like any kind of fern I don't know if that's my phone or not. Anyway, uh, you can divide it and put it, you know, into smaller plants if you want to. But sooner or later, you might just have to let it go. I hate to say that. You know, a lot of people get plants that are huge. You know, I think of rubber trees that you can literally park a school bus under or Norfolk Island pines that get 70, 80 feet tall and put them in their house. And sooner or later, they get just big enough to where they don't fit anymore. And there's not much you can do except, I tell you what, buy me a ticket to Ecuador and I'll go let it loose in the woods. <laughs> but it, not, not, much, not much else you can do. Not much else you can do. And happy birthday. <laughs> Bill Ellison, come up here. I just want to chat with this fella. Uh, Bill, 
How are you doing, young man? I'm good, my friend. You've been you 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 not only uh, do the bluegrass thing on MPB, but you actually play bluegrass. You've been busy this season. I have been played last night, as a matter of fact. You're gonna yeah. be here at the at Craftsman's Guild a little bit, right? That's right. At one, I'll be upstairs here playing piano, just kind of background piano. Piano. Uh, somebody gave me an album. Now, a lot of these people are too young to know what records are. <laughs> you know, they go around around an old album from 1970 Mississippi All State Lions Band, and you and I were in it. That's right. Yeah. Not a- not only were we in it, we sat side by side. That's so right. That's when I met Felder in the that's, summer of 1970. That's right. That's right. It is possible to just to throw out. It is possible for drum trombone players to grow up and get real jobs. <laughs> anyway, there's a slim chance of that. Can I tell a quick story? Sure. Oh well, that? keep it clean. It's clean. With the the director of the Lions band back then was a guy named Joe Berryman. Joe you know? Berryman. Oh and yeah. And he was a strict. I mean, strict by the book. You better focus. Old school, old, old school, school yeah. big time. And uh, invariably, he would be at the podium and he'd say, "I demand strict attention and professionalism. Do not let your mind wander. Do not and he focus was, he, on me." He was talking to high school kids. Right, right. And invariably, as soon as those words came out of his mouth, Felder would, "Hey, man, when are we going to lunch?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, "Shh." That's okay. He's a talker, right? Anyway, good to see you. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, we got uh, another caller. No callers. Okay, anybody here got something you want to yak about? Come on, somebody. Got a got a young man back in the back there. And uh, while he's doing that, let me mention that I also have got not only grandmother's chicken, Granny's chicken. Granny was a dirt gardener. Granny had a she had a concrete chicken, a clump of monkey grass, and zinnias. That's all she had. Um, She was from somewhere between Kill Michael and Stewart, if you don't know, know where that is. Anyway, Granny, she loved her chicken, uh, and when she passed away, everybody was dividing up her earthly possessions. Who wants that old car? What are we going to do with the shipper row? I went out in her yard, and I stole her chicken and put it in my yard. And when somebody, my friend from, uh, you know, Steve Bender, the grumpy gardener from from Southern Living, he said, Rushing, you got a chicken in your yard. I said, yeah. You know, but you don't understand. When I look at my chicken, I don't see a concrete chicken. I see my grandmother and her zinnias. So those of you who don't understand, those of us who accessorize, there may be something going on that you just don't understand. Anyway, who are you, who are you and what you got going on? Uh, my name's George. I don't have much going on, but I have a question. Um, crepe, uh, crepe myrtles, when is the best time of year to trim them a little? Oh, this is a loaded question. Are, are, are you setting me up for this, George? <laughs> okay, first of all, you can prune a, a crepe myrtle any day of the year with a drunk driver and a pickup truck, and they'll sprout back out. You cannot kill a crepe myrtle by pruning it. But there's some people who think that crepe myrtles are sacred, and you should never prune them. Uh, I had a lady tell me one time she thought a pr- pruning crepe myrtles unnatural. I'm thinking, you shave your eyebrows off and put them in a different part of your face. And you're talking about unnatural? Anyway, the best time would be if, if you want, you could prune them anytime, but any cuts you do on any plant this time of year, in the fall or the winter, they're not going to have any new growth until spring. So it's going to be naked all winter. So it would be better to wait till spring or even summer. They bloom on new growth. But if you want to neaten them up, there's no problem at all whatsoever right now. And uh, by the way, in the back of my truck, some of y'all may notice I've got sticks with knobs sticking up on the back. And y'all see those? That's that's crepe murder. You know, some people cut the crepe myrtle back into the big balls. Well, I go around with them not looking. I cut some of theirs off and stick them in my truck. So anyway. Yes, sir. And, and uh, we have a call coming in from Julia from the studio. 
Julia, what's up? Good morning. Where are you calling from? From Escatawa. Yep. Wait, wait, where are you from? Escatawa. Escatawa. Okay, okay. Well, welcome to uh, to MPB, to the Gestalt Garden. What's going on? What's up? Well, I have a point. I have a point set of problems. Okay. And what would that be? Okay, my leaves are yellowing and they're falling off. And I want to also learn how how to uh, make them turn red again. They're not red right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you had this plant a long time? Is it left over from last year or is it new? It's uh, left over from last year. Okay. Here's the deal with poinsettia. If you go down to Florida, you go into Mexico, go in the Caribbean, and they're going to be big enough to park under. They're trees. They're small trees. Right. Here we have mm-hmm. to keep them in the pot because they'll freeze in the winter. So uh, when you bring it, has it been outside all summer? Uh, yes. And, and you just brought it in? Uh-huh. And then it started turning yellow and, and the uh, leaves started falling off. But I put them out sometime when it's, when it's kind of warm. I put them outside. Well, here, here's the deal, and and uh, lot, you know, a lot of people who bring plants in the wintertime notice that they always drop their leaves, uh, and it's because when a leaf forms on a plant, especially a tropical plant like a poinsettia or a hibiscus, those leaves are, are used to whatever conditions they were growing in, and they can't change. They can't turn into new leaves when you bring it in. So when you bring a plant from outdoors to indoors or indoors to outdoors, those leaves tend to shed because of the change in light, the change in temperature, change in humidity. You know, houses are really low humidity, and those plants are used to different conditions. So those leaves will drop. What you can do is give it a little fertilizer and some water and encourage some new growth to come on. New growth will be nice and, 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 and pretty and green. And so, and that's true of any of these tropical plants. You can prune it back, get rid of the old leaves, let new growth come out, and it'll be fine. In case the poinsettias, though, they're kind of tricky. They bloom... When they've been, when they think that nighttime is longer than daytime, it triggers them. Long nights triggers the, the flowering process. The leaves that are on a poinsettia will not turn red. It's the new growth that comes out that'll be red. So what you can do, bring it in, clean it up a little bit, and get you a box that'll fit just over it. A box that'll completely cover it. And every evening, late afternoon, put the box over it and leave it on, leave it over it until the next morning, 12, 13, 14 hours of dark. And in the daytime, give it light and water and fertilizer, and the new growth will come out red. So you got to fool it into thinking nighttime is longer than daytime, and you got to let it grow during the day so the new growth can come out healthy. And that nighttime treatment will, will make it think that it's time to bloom. You can do that any time of the year. But anyway, uh, uh, cut it back a little bit, bring it in, give it light in the daytime, put a box over it at night. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, what kind of fertilizer put on it? Any kind of stuff that says for potted plants, go, you know, there's so oh. many different things. It's like ketchup. Some ketchup runs faster or slower than others, but still ketchup. It's right. like, so any, any kind of potted plant for a lot, they're all about the same, really. Do, do, do I need to repot it? I don't think so. Does it? Do, when, does, does water run through the pot when you water it? Yes. You might want to put next size pot, just the next biggest pot. But uh, again, give it sunshine during the day, you know, light, put it in a, a, a nice bright window, and then at nighttime, slide a box over it. You know, put a little bow on the top of the box, make it pretty. Oh, cute. Okay. Do I leave it outside or keep it bringing it inside? Ma'am? Do I leave, uh, can I leave it outside in this kind of cool weather right now? Sure. It likes sunshine. It just doesn't want to freeze. Oh, bring it in during freezing time. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So good luck on it, and uh, when it starts to bloom, send us a picture. 
I sure will. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Shout out to Escatolfa. Woo! All right. And we have another caller from studio, Jeff from Alabama. And they're making you work this morning. Yes, sir. He usually hides behind me in a little dark room, and he's always playing on, you know, young people playing on his thing and just whatever. Yeah. 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 Anyway, who you say Jeff? Jeff from Alabama. Jeff, what part of Alabama are you from, Jeff? Sarah All righty. What's up? What can we help you with? So I've got a gardenia bush that's about 20 feet tall and about uh, 8 feet wide. And I want to cut it way back because it's blocking the front door. How? What time of the year can I do that? Well, you can prune them now. It's just like a crepe. You can prune shrubs any time of the year, but they're not going to do anything until next year. Till a new growth comes out. So if you need to to get to cut it down just for the winter time, it's okay to prune it now. But if you wait till middle of the winter or late winter and cut it back then, it'll it won't it. It's not going to put out growth till spring anyway. But it'll look better to your neighbors if you wait to prune it till till middle or late winter. But they bloom on new growth, so it shouldn't should be a problem at all. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, let me give you a real quick tip. If you're going to prune a shrub back really, really hard, it'll take it a little while to come out. But when it puts out new growth, that new growth is going to shoot straight up because the roots are intact. So you got a lot of roots. You cut the plant back, and the new growth is going to go really, really fast. When it gets uh, four, five, six inches long, go back and snip the tips off the new growth. So instead of shooting up over top, overhead, it'll start bushing out, and you'll have a nice little compact shrub again. But it's really important to do that second tip pruning a little bit later in the in the summer and it'll still bloom on new growth that okay, work i greatly appreciate it all right thanks for your call appreciate it glad yes sir and we have one last call from the studio before we go to break we have polly from covington polly covington what's up we can call from south louisiana what's going on with you i need to know You're- if i can cut back my confederate rose right now it's gotten real tall and leggy Okay. First of all, audience, any of y'all grow Confederate rose? Yay! Love it. It's a it's a it's a perennial. It's actually a tree in the tropics, but here it goes dormant as soon as we get a frost. And you haven't had really really cold weather down in Coven down in Covington yet, but um, it's gonna it's gonna get cut down by our freeze anyway. So I go ahead. Uh, you, actually, you can wait till after you get a freeze and cut it down. Then it doesn't really matter. You don't have to cut it at all. Is what I'm saying. But if you want yeah. to, time from now till spring. That'd be fine. And by the way, the pieces that you cut, if you'll cut the, the not the very tip stuff, but the stuff's about as big around as your little finger to your index finger, cuttings about a foot long, they will root in water. And you have plenty to share with your neighbors. Yeah, that's I do that, yeah. Did you steal yours from a neighbor from a cutting? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, appreciate your call this morning. What? Okay, thanks. Bye. See, I'm a Java, as you know. I have no training in all this, and I'm I can be awkward. Horticulture's <laughs> fell to rushing. Uh, me and Java Chapman, the whole uh, MPB uh, marketing crew out here at Chimneyville Crafts Festival, uh, is put on annually by the Mississippi Craftsman's Guild. Some incredible stuff. Uh, Going to be open Friday and Saturday from ten till four. Uh, and some unbelievable stuff. I don't have my. I got my phone here, right here. Just give you an idea, a little bit of an idea of some of the stuff that I saw last night. Let's see. Push that picture. Push that picture. Here we go. Um, easy to get to Waller Craft Center on Rice Road, and uh, in particular, look for. And here, and I hate to just 
pull out some artists because by mentioning a few, I leave out some great, great artists. But just to give you an idea of the garden-related stuff, uh, Wendy Allen's got silk scars, and it's got imprints on it of leaves that she grew from her own yard or stole from her neighbor's yard. It's unbelievable silk scars. Uh, Walter uh, Montenball's unbelievably detailed portraits made from tiny bits of ceramic tile. I've been to their yard. Their yard is just as... It's just as artistic as you'd imagine, but he's a master with dealing with making uh, beautiful portraits with uh, bits of ceramic tile. Uh, William Wood has the most detailed ceramic flowers. Uh, he's got blackberries that just look like he got a blackberry that's so real, it's starting to go off. It's not even good anymore, and it, it looks like it should have been eaten yesterday. Um, ben, uh, Beth Rice got handmade purses. She said they're made from, it looks like leather, but she said it's made from prickly pear cactus fibers. I'm thinking, what? And, uh, of course, there's gourd burn houses and glass Christmas tree orange, so much more. If you want some details about this, go to mscrafts.org, mscrafts.org. That's the uh, the website for the Mississippi Craftsman Guild. Anyway, back to the Gestalt Garden, back to talking about gardening. What we got here? All right, we got a caller from Studio Levada from Natchez. Levada. Oh, hey, what's up? Well, I have a Dippenbacher plant. Can you hear me? I can. Dippenbacher I can. Okay, yes, well, different my, You know, the leaves are splitting. They're, they're doing what? Well, the leaves is like they're splitting. Huh. Especially like right there in the center by the stem. You know, I've, I've grown dipping maki for a long time. Some people got dumb cane because if you bite into it, it'll make you where you can't talk. But I've never heard of the leaves splitting. Did you just move it indoors recently? No, my son moved to uh, D.C. back in December. And it's uh -huh. been at my house for about four or five months now, but the leaves are like splitting, like right there in the middle where the stem is. Is, is this the older leaves, the ones that are lower down, or is it the new leaves that are doing this? It, it's the ones at the top. The new leaves. You know, I, I love this. The plant, you know, I is, the plant is about, it's about five feet tall. It's a big plant. Okay. Well, uh, you know, this, you're talking to a guy who's got degrees on top of degrees, written dozens of books, and I am completely stumped. I don't have a clue okay. what's causing that. But I will oh, okay. tell you this, as soon as your son finds out, he's going to be honked off at you for killing his plant. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> no, here, here's what you can do. It's got more than one trunk? Yeah. Okay. What I would do, this plant, if you cut it back, the parts that you cut off will root. You can even root it in water. But the part that's left will branch back out with one or two, maybe even three branches. So what I would do is I would cut one or two of the stems, you know, one down kind of low and one medium size, and let them mm -hmm. sprout out some growth and see if it's not healthier. But you can prune it with okay. no problem at all. It'll put out new growth real easy. And okay. uh, the part keeps on off rooting, and, um, I, but I don't know why the leaves are splitting. I, I no idea. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Any of y'all ever feel let down <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> We're here. We're at the Craftsman's Guild. Uh, they're, they're the uh, on Rice Road. It's right beside the reservoir in Ridgeland, just north of Jackson. If y'all want to come on down, come on down. What we got, young man? Well, we do have a call to get to from studio, but Java's wondering if anybody in the audience has a question. We've got a question over here. All right. All right. Keep it clean. This is live. <laughs> this kind of dovetails on that poinsettia yeah? question. Um, I have a couple of potted lemon trees that my friend Jerry Palmer gave me. Jerry Palmer. I, I, I got a tire plant from him last week. <laughs> oh, but um, I've had them a couple of years, brought them in last winter, 
and they did okay. I lost a few leaves, but I brought them in last week when a couple of weeks ago when it got really cold, and those leaves are dropping like flies. They're they're really dropping bad, okay. and also. They're both of them real tall and real skinny. They keep getting taller and taller. They're a foot taller than they were last year. Okay, you did say poinsettia, right? No, it no. dovetails on it. These are these are lemon trees. Lemon trees. Oh boy, oh boy. You live in central Mississippi, and you brought right. it in, and the leaves are dropping. This is this is really really normal. Uh, anybody who's had a hibiscus or a weeping fig, you bring it in. All those leaves that are formed outside really like the, the bright light, the, the warmth, and more, most important, the humidity outside. You bring me in, those leaves say, you know what, we're out of here, and they just shed. That's normal. It's just normal stress. When you get a new plant, bring it home, it'll do that. If you have it outside, some plants you turn them around, they'll do it. Uh, so the best thing you can do would be to, to prune it back. This keeps you from having to sweep those leaves up that are falling anyway, and that'll stimulate some new growth. You know, you prune a plant it doesn't hurt the plant it actually stimulates new growth there's a hormone that says what the heck just happened we need to put out some new growth and it only release when you cut a plant and um and the, the new growth will be better adapted for indoors so anyway any other questions from up here no yes yeah. sir hey felder we got some good stuff going in the winter garden we got uh, blue and red kale and uh, coll uh coll collards and, yeah. and greens we've also got a lot of hen bit <laughs> um, is there any, I don't want to put pre-emerge down in my vegetable garden, so what can I do to get okay. rid of that? Well, first of all, henbit is in the mint family, and you can eat it. So if you can't beat it, eat it. A little vinaigrette makes it, you know, as they say, hunger is the best sauce, you know. But a henbit is perfectly edible, but it really, it really doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't have a real deep, extensive root system. It's not a perina. It comes up from seed, and it's got the tiny little flowers. You look at them up close. Henbit flowers look like little orchids. And believe it or not, in the wintertime, honeybees and little uh, pollinating flies, they come out in uh, every warm day, and the henbit is one of their main sources of the nectar. So leave a little bit. Just pull what you can. And drop it on the ground. It's not going to come back that way. And just you know, so I would just pull what you what you just. It's easy to pull up and leave a little bit for the bees because it really doesn't hurt anything. And uh, by the way, there's a real trend. I'm working on a, a column, uh, a newspaper column about the horticulture, the the, the horticulture wars of 2000 of, of the the 21st century, where you know used to be when I was a kid and before then people just mowed whatever grew in their yard. You know, they just, they, we didn't have fertilizers. We didn't have gas engines. We didn't have weed and feed, any of that stuff. And basically people just mowed whatever was out there for centuries. And then we came into this idea in the middle of the, of the 1900, 1900s where we started using weed killers and fertilizers and stuff. Nothing wrong with those. Don't get me wrong. But it created this idea that lawn perfection is normal and it's not it's for fun it's the african violet approach towards gardening you got you know if you want to have a perfect lawn you got to take care of it all the time and if you don't want to just it's it's okay to just mow what grows they're calling it a flower lawn and instead of killing the weeds out there just mow them and better yet Plant some daffodils out there because you got daffodils out in the yard. The neighbors think that's really cool. So if you got a bunch of weeds, plant some daffodils in with it. And people think you got a flower lawn. Make your little sign that says butterfly crossing and let it go. <laughs> and by the way, he was talking about uh, his, his kale and stuff. I don't know if y'all can see, but this is a uh, called Lacinata or Tuscan blue kale. Uh, this is, is being grown in Tuscany for 200 years. This is what they make the their real 
uh, minestrone with. But it's got blue flowers. I've got burgundy flowers. I've got green uh, leaves, blue, burgundy, green, different kinds of greens, freely. You can have a beautiful garden in a pot on your porch all winter. And if we have a heart freeze that keeps, kills the lettuce, well, that's the reason you put some daffodils in the pot, too. Still got something to look at. How are we doing? Yes, sir. All right here. we got a question from right here. Well, is that you? Are you calling from an airplane? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up in the plane. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Roger from Florence because that's a familiar thing that yeah. he's hears me all the time. I want you to talk about raised beds, and I just mentioned to you my idea of getting an old iron bed and building a box on it and putting it out front and yep. call it a raised a raised garden bed. There you go. Well, why not have it on a bed? But talk to us about raised gardens because people do that all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, so, here one of the reasons why raised beds don't work for people, I've been gardening raised bed for 40 years, long time. I've had raised gardens from back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the raised bed is not a box of dirt put on top of the ground. That's a pot. It's just a pot, like the back of my pickup truck. You know, all that is is a pot. It's just a, the, what, how, how wide is the pickup truck? From about five, four or five feet wide by three. It's just a, a, a big metal box full of potting soil with all sorts of stuff growing in it. But that's not a raised bed. A raised bed is when you, is when you dig into your dirt and you add some stuff to fluff it up and it become raised up. And what you do is you shore it up around the edges to make it more or less permanent. But a raised bed is actually partly dug with stuff added to fluff it up. See, so a good raised bed is going to be partly sunk, partly raised by just taking what you've already got, whatever your native dirt is, I don't care if it's clay or sand, whatever kind of native dirt you've got, and digging it and then adding stuff to it, like adding crackers to a bowl of chili. I say that a lot. One or two hands full to a bowl of chili of crackers and add some stuff to your, to your native dirt. It partly sunk, so it doesn't have to be watered all summer, partly raised so it drains in the in, during heavy rains and then if you want to shore it up with something whether it's wood wine bottles barbie dolls whatever you know dishes anything that you line it with that just makes it more or less permanent makes it easier to to, to mow around but all a raised bed is partly dirt you know dig your dirt ask some stuff to fluff it up and then shore up the sides and if you have real dirt in it, your plants will grow better. If you have all store-bought stuff, that's like dumping your chili out and filling your bowl up with crackers. See, so it's good to take your chili and add some crackers to it. Don't throw the chili away. Real dirt it makes it, 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 it's, it's not magic because it's been around for a long time before magic. Real dirt holds nutrients better. It doesn't have to be watered as much. It's a good thing. So if you've got a raised bed with store-bought stuff, go back and get you a, a bag of real dirt they call it topsoil but it's going to be spelled in your head d-i-r-t dirt and mix it in with your store-bought fluffy stuff and you'll have a whole lot better garden but uh you know in your idea of having a uh a uh a, a, a raised bed on top you know up so you don't have to bend over all that is that's a, a big pot up off the ground and it works What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. All right. We got a call from Hugh from right here in Ridgeland. Hugh is calling from Ridgeland, and he's not even here. Come on, Hugh. Come on <laughs> down here. What's the matter with you? What's up, man? Oh, good morning. Hello? I always appreciate your show. You bet. What's up? Yeah. Uh, I've got a 60-plus-year-old hibiscus, okay, that I would like to uh, root some off of it. and just wondered your thoughts about that. Oh, it roots like ringing a bell. Every every hibiscus you see anywhere on earth is grown from a cutting off another one. 
Uh, they don't root really well this time of year because they're tropical plants. Uh, you you talking about the kind that's in a pot or the kind that's in the ground? It's it's in a pot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the new growth, the real tender new stuff at the tips of the branches, it doesn't root well, and the big old thick stuff does it. So follow a branch from the tip back to where it started growing and root some of the stuff in between. Uh, it roots best in moist potting soil, but make it uh, get you a a plastic milk jug and cut the bottom of it off and set over the top of it, sort of like a miniature greenhouse to keep the humidity up. But they, they can root all year if it's warm. Easier in the summertime, uh, this time of year, there's not very much light in your house and very, not much humidity. But if you want to try rooting some now, uh, slide some kind of uh, con- uh, cover over it to keep it like a miniature greenhouse, keep it nice and humid. So just uh, and use pot, what, what's the medium I put it in? Uh, just pretty good potting soil. You okay. know, something right. stays wet. You know, if you get cheap stuff, it's not going to work really well. So go ahead and spring for the good stuff. Okay. It'll have, right, it'll, well, have it, it'll have white, crunchy stuff in it called perlite. If it doesn't have white, crunchy stuff, it's not going to be really good for rooting stuff. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Appreciate your call. We got another call from Ocean Springs. We've got Marcy on the line. Marcy, what's going on down in, in OC? OS? Um, well, Felder... First of all, I want to apologize for not making it up to the breakfast. I was looking forward to it, but when I realized I'd have to get up at 3 in the morning to get there, you know, and not be late. Oh, but you uh, got and I just had, sir? You, but you got plenty of time to come up to the Chimneyville thing. They're, they're open till 4. Unbelievable. So come on up. Well, okay. So I want to ask you my question, but I just wanted to tell you I just had a procedure on my kidney, so I wasn't feeling 100%. So I didn't, (laughs) that's why I didn't come, but I I really wanted to be there. So I have a little baby lilac bush in my backyard. Have you ever known of anyone in Mississippi to have success growing lilac? Yes, lilacs will grow in North Mississippi, and there are some, some smaller lilacs I've seen in Central Mississippi. But here's the deal, lilacs, which are sort of what I call the crepe myrtle of the north, they need a, a certain amount of cold weather to set flower buds. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't have, especially on the coast. So most lilacs will not do at all in Mississippi. There are a few that will do okay in central north Mississippi. But on the coast, it's going to be really, really, really difficult. Because simply a lack of cold weather. It's the same thing with peonies. Right. Peonies and cherries and lilacs require cold weather before they'll flower. Well, this one has some little buds on it, but I also read that they like alkaline soil. And if I wanted to try to amend the soil just enough so it would help it, how much would I put? The alkaline acidic thing is not that big a deal. People, a lot of people make a big deal out of stuff that's, that's only horticulturists need to worry about. Not that big a deal. But if you want to work in a little bit of peat moss, which is acidic around it, that would work. But I, I don't think your soil... Or the acidity is going to be the the real challenge with lilacs. I just don't. I mean, this is just my okay. this is my professional opinion based on forty years of watching people wring their hands about their lilacs won't bloom. Mhm. Okay. So, so just cross my fingers and hope for the best. It's really more about the, the temperature. Sorry. Anyway, but you know what? You can grow stuff like hibiscus on the coast that lilac people give. You can grow gardenias. You can grow so many things that lilac people can't. You can grow a bottle brush trees that lilac people oh, yeah. give anything to grow. Yeah, it, the, those are everywhere in Ocean Springs, the bottle brush trees. 
You know why? Because they grow there. Lilacs don't. There's a reason you don't see lilacs, because they don't grow there. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to keep trying. Well, y'all keep yeah. having fun. So, you know, that's the beauty of gardening. See, I have two hats. I have a horticulture hat, which is product-oriented, and I have a gardening hat, which is process-oriented. You're talking about you're going to enjoy the process, whether the product ever gets here or not, and I salute you. Thank Thanks you, Felder. Right, uh-huh. Bye. Uh-huh. Am I being aggressive here this morning? <laughs> you know, it's it's because it's just a little chilly out here, and it's got me all. And I'm looking at my truck out there. Uh, Ellen is doing a. I can't wait to see how she draws the truck. Are you going to put me in it, Ellen? You could draw me on the truck. She's not even paying attention to me. That's okay. She's. I'll, I'll have pictures of it posted on on uh, my. Felderrushing.blog. I don't sell anything on my blog at all, but you go to Felderrushing.blog, and I've got a thing called the the uh, the fastest traveling garden on earth. And it's got all about my the, the truck garden, and then I've got uh, some pictures of different folks who have painted my truck. So, what's that? Okay, she says she can paint me to make me tall and smart, Ellen. <laughs> I'm having so much fun, y'all. You know, it's usually just me and. Java and this guy sitting in a room back behind me, you know, looking looking down on me. I was just doing my that. I just get y'all's calls, man. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> Mr. Intern, yeah, yeah, there we go. So Java, what's that? We get we got we got, got another call. Yeah, we got one last call. We got our good friend from Neshoba County, Bill, calling in. Bill from Neshoba County, keep it clean. Oh, definitely. This is uh, about a comfrey plant. Uh, I uh, bought a root this spring and stuck it in the ground, and uh, now it's three feet across. And it's, you know, I thought maybe the frost would kill it, but it's still going strong. And I thought, hey, I, I need to divide that and put some in some yeah. other places. Is this yeah. a good time to divide it? It's it's not a bad time. You know, comfrey actually is 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 cold hardy. It'll actually take take our winters. That ain't problem at all. What it doesn't like is is uh, heavy or wet soils. It needs good well drained soil. But you you can divide it right now, no problem. Are you growing it just for looks, or are you using it? Uh, well, uh, I've I planned to use it. Um, uh, I actually ate some of it, and uh, uh, I don't want to do that again. But I understand <laughs> that you can use it as a tincture. Well, I, yeah. you know what? I did put it on a, a cut, and it, it worked really well. All righty. Well, listen, uh, we, we we got a scoop, but I think it'd be okay to divide it now, no problem at all. Okay, thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Starting to run out of time. Starting to run out of time. Anybody else have anything else here? Okay, we got a nice Yes, ma'am. I have what I think is a papaya plant that I grew from seed. What should I do now to this winter? Okay, papaya plants, they don't grow in central Mississippi. you got to keep it in a pot and cut it back, turn it into a papaya bush, and then set it out where it gets some sunshine in the springtime. Sometimes they might make it, but they get off. If you've seen real papayas, they're big. And so you got to keep it like a bonsai papaya. Ooh, that sounded nice, bonsai papaya. I could say that again. Anyway, we've been broadcasting live from the Chimneyville uh, Crafts Festival, the Mississippi Craftsman's Guild um, on uh, Post, not Post, but Rice Road in, in uh, Ridgeland, just north of the, the uh, reservoir. Uh, Angela and Jay, uh, uh, Java and Jason, all the other folks, MPB, came out. And by the way, there's a, a garden ornament made from a rolled up hose, a green hose turned into a wreath with all sorts of cool stuff. I want this. 
wouldn't that look good on the back of my truck? Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, thank y'all for coming out. If you can make it to the Chimneyville Crafts Festival, uh, they're here Friday and Saturday till 4 o'clock. Unbelievable fun stuff. I love accessorizing. I don't hang stuff out of holes in my ears, but I will put stuff all over the yard in the house. So anyway, if you get a chance, take a kid out to a farm, bring them to the classroom, get show them how to get dirty. See y'all next week. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.